Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. Okay, Christian, we are back together to talk about a really big topic. At least it's big for me. I think it is for you. And I would venture to say it's pretty big for about anyone our age or really not even our age, just people in general these days. What are we talking about? Social media and screen time in general. What's interesting about this topic is that we grew up with screens that, you know, I remember even having like computer classes in like first grade. So having screens in front of us all the time was a normal thing. And now we are young adults and moving into adulthood. And even you see it with like 50 year olds on like social media all the time. And we're constantly consuming everything from other people. If that's our favorite bloggers, if that's friends, we're constantly connected with people getting content in these places. And is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? We all know it's addictive. Mm -hmm. That's a conclusion that we can all come to pretty easily. But yeah. Yeah, even us saying that we're talking about social media kind of just feels like, really? Because we all know the things that we've read the books, we've read the blog posts, we've watched the documentaries, we get that it's bad. But I think you and I have really hashed this out before and talked about, okay, well, it's not going away. So if we're going to be a part of it, if you choose to be, we'll talk more about that later. How can we be good stewards of it and just do it well? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's interesting about when Samantha and I began talking about this at first, we actually had pretty different perspectives about social media. A lot of the things we're talking about here or what we want to tackle in this podcast or how are we using it how much are we using it? You know, what are some tendencies of what we're doing when we're using it? All of those things. And you and I have two different experiences there. We have differing opinions. I think we've kind of come to the same conclusion and how we want to use it and how we think it's wise to use it. And maybe what the Bible says a little bit about consuming things like that. But it is an interesting topic because we all can say it's for sure addictive and we have patterns in our life of how we use it. Yeah, that to me, when I've really taken time over the last, I would say five years to kind of, when I felt like I was using it too much, you know, when you talk about our differing opinions, I tend to be, okay, I know this has gotten to a really unhealthy place for me. I need to get off of it completely and not be a part of it. And there's part of me that just like craves not having it at all, which is kind of ironic because I run social media accounts for small businesses and I actually love it as a marketing tool. think that there's so much good out of it. My daughter's adopted. So obviously connecting to communities where I feel like I can get to know other moms and see how they've done things with their adoption journey. There's so many cool things that it does. And so I like that you've kind of helped me see that, no, maybe we shouldn't get off of it completely, but what can we do to be on it and do it well? And maybe actually God has called us into it in a sense of, you know, it's a platform that we can really use to share our faith. And I'm getting all that from you, like you encouraging me about that, because I really sometimes just want to like delete it and be done forever. But I think when we mention like, when do you go there? That has been a huge thing for me because when I've had those seasons of just feeling overwhelmed by it, I really start to look for what are my patterns with this? When am I tending to escape to it and why? How am I feeling when I'm jumping on it? Now, sometimes I think it really just is out of boredom or I do have some like margin time in my day and want to get on. But something for me that I noticed, my kind of tendency is in parenting when I've had a really hard day with Emerson or 
when things just aren't going the way I want it to in my day, I can tend to jump on there to completely zone out and to almost take me into a different place. And obviously that's not healthy. And I think that's when it starts feeling weird and icky to me. Mm-hmm. I know that's not a great way to describe it, but that's kind well, of you know how what's it feels. In, you know what I think is interesting is even when you're describing it right in here, you say the word escaping, that you're like, when do I escape to this? I think it's funny that we use it as that because where you and I at the beginning of our conversation kind of differed about this a little bit was that I argued that I really do think social media is a really cool tool as Christians that we can use to share the gospel, connect with people, maybe just even showcase a lifestyle that looks different than other people. I think a big way that God can be used in our stories is how people can view and see maybe that you live a little differently and eventually maybe they'll come to ask questions about that. And so I think social media is a way you can do that. But I think it's funny because, yeah, I do think a lot of us think about it is like a way to escape something. Mm -hmm. And why do we do that? Well, we're probably using it not as a tool and instead we're using it as a form of media or a form of entertainment entertainment or anything like that. So I think part of it is a little bit shifting your mindset that are we using it as a tool Because obviously God has chosen us to live in this time. He's chosen us to live in the 20th century with all these modern technologies. And so I do think part of our story is and can be, how are we using that to share the gospel and be a light in a world that is obviously like pretty dark? Mm -hmm. Some personal experiences, you know, I, I think I've toyed with getting rid of social media at certain times. I've never done that, not because I don't think... I think maybe I could have at times, but honestly, I am more so a person who I like to challenge myself with giving myself limits or restrictions or asking some friends to hold me accountable. So maybe, you know, we'll talk through some more tangible, practical things you can do to maybe limit your social media time if you struggle with that. But I do think it's interesting because I've never personally walked away from it, but I don't think that's necessarily a wrong thing to do. And I think you have to have a lot of discernment to figure out like, is that something you need to do to have a healthy relationship with this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I was going to like go back to my original stance in a sense, like there's part of me that still really strongly believes that, and maybe it's different personalities in the way that we see a problem in our life and like work through it. But I definitely think that if you are someone that you know, like you don't even have to do any soul searching as you're hearing us talking about this to know that it has become an issue in your life, then I don't think there's anything wrong with taking a step back completely for a while. One time, the last time I took off, I did all summer. So that was like June to August or September. And I did need that, like just a total step away. And then when I came back, I was able to come back with like a really refreshed sense of, okay, how am I going to use this? Like you were saying as a tool, what things are am I going to put into place? And so doing that, or maybe you're someone we're talking about, okay, we are put in this time to use technology maybe that's just not part of the way God wants to use you. Like, I don't think you have to share your faith just through social media Mm -hmm. or not just through social media. Obviously, we share it in different ways. But if you don't want to be a part of it, I don't think you have to be. I think that you can be and it's a great tool, but I don't think that it's something that if you see it's causing more damage to your life than it is good, then maybe not right now or maybe it's just not not good for you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's okay. Yeah. I think when Samantha and I have talked a lot about this is that it's also just like everything, it's a balance. That how are we using it or not using it at times? It's going to be a balance that we have to use discernment and wisdom on. A few of the things we came to, and so like Samantha said, if you're someone who you're hearing this and you're like, oh, of course, like this is a problem for me. I need to be listening to this 
this topic, that's awesome. I'm glad you're listening. But also if you're someone who is maybe not sure where you kind of fall, maybe you're thinking kind of like me, like, yeah, I go through seasons, maybe that I do struggle with it. Maybe I consume too much, or maybe I'm comparing myself a lot or feeling really bad about myself when I get on it or whatever that may be. Or if you're not unsure, I think some of the questions that you can ask yourself really just start from kind of what we were talking earlier. How are you using it? When do you go there? Samantha had shared, you know, she uses that maybe on like a really hard parenting day. I would say I use it for the majority of the time. Yeah. Just like when I'm bored or when I don't want to like put myself out there, I'm thinking about all the times, like if I'm in an awkward situation in line, or if I'm waiting somewhere, I will pull my phone out and just consume a bunch of media because I don't want to just sit there in silence. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I think it can be an okay thing, but we also don't want that to just be our go-to to be filling our mind with things that are really probably not purifying totally. Definitely. I think it's important to look for some red flags. So we kind of thought through in our lives, what do we think the red flags are? And the first one would be, do you find yourself escaping your own feelings? So going back to my parenting example, instead of dealing with the fact that I'm really frustrated or dealing with the fact that I'm feeling lonely or just that parenting is really hard that day, instead of like going to God first with that or just like processing that feeling within myself, am I getting on social media to avoid that feeling? And I just think, I mean, there's definitely times in life where it's okay to relax and enjoy things in life and kind of escape what's going on in your life in a sense if you're walking through something harder. But I definitely don't think it's healthy to bury frustrating feelings just with something like social media because then what happens is you're jumping on and you're seeing all the other moms that are posting their perfect days quote unquote because we know it's not but it's just gonna be really damaging Mm -hmm. yeah another red flag we talked about was when you feel or maybe find yourself disconnecting to actual relationships in your life to crave time or consumption of these virtual relationships. Obviously, that can be super damaging to a marriage, which that would be a huge, huge red flag. But even just friendships. Do you find yourself getting onto social media to maybe talk or look at or connect with or engage with virtual relationships that you have there versus are you asking a friend to coffee or are you making time to get with people in your actual life, maybe a coworker you've never really spent time with or maybe a roommate or maybe the girl down the hall or whatever that may be. Do you find yourself running into these virtual relationships because maybe they're quote unquote easier than actual relationships in your life? That would be a huge red flag I would watch out for. That's one that's come up for me a lot because I am someone maybe in friendships that doesn't do as much of the initiating or I'm almost okay feeling in my relationships if I don't see or interact with a friend all the time or every week. And so I think what happens to me is I'll feel like I know what's going on in a friend's life because I saw what they posted online and it holds me back from actually, you know, reaching out to that friend, ask how they're doing. And it's really messed up because I don't actually know how they're doing from what they're posting online, but it creates this image that I do and it keeps me from actually being an intentional friend. So that's Mm -hmm. a major red flag for me. Mm -hmm. And that is interesting because Samantha and I have noticed even with a few friends of ours who maybe have stepped back from social media or even the times like Samantha's not been on there. It is interesting that when you see something on social media, you think, oh, wow, great. Yeah, you had an awesome time with your family this weekend. When then maybe the next time I see you in person, I wouldn't ask about that because Mm -hmm. from social media, it looked perfect. Mm -hmm. And so it is interesting how maybe you notice that in these 
personal relationships versus your virtual relationships, maybe one red flag to watch out for would be that your conversation like suffers that you feel like maybe you don't have a ton to talk about, or maybe you feel like lost in the relationship because you're just like, we have nothing to ever talk about or update Mm -hmm. each other on because we're constantly seeing it on social media. That would be a huge red flag to me. Again, if you're not willing and up for and wanting to invest in actual relationships versus virtual ones. Yeah. So that's a good one. The next one that I really think could just be a whole nother topic is, am I posting for admiration? And I think this is really where it just gets you in the gut because I do think it's so important when I've taken those breaks off of social media and come back on, the number one thing I've put into place is really evaluating why I'm posting what I'm posting. And it really is kind of scary when you think about why you're posting the things that you are. I mean, a lot of it is just for really selfish reasons. And I just don't even think there's ever a perfect balance of it, but I think we should be aware of it so that we know, okay, am I posting this because I'm feeling really down on myself today and it's gonna feel really good when all of these people who some I don't even really know tells me how great I am, Or am I posting a fun memory that I want to share of me and my daughter today and I want to be able to look back on this? It's really hard to find good reasons to post things when you nail it down like that. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I feel like we've gone back and forth on this a lot too because I, I mean, being totally vulnerable and honest, yeah, for sure I have posted things in the past that probably looking back on, honestly, yeah, I probably posted them because I was feeling crummy about myself or I was sad that I felt like my husband didn't tell me I was cute that day, but I felt like I looked really cute. So I wanted to post it. And so other people could tell me I was cute. Yeah. I mean, it, it's ugly when you say it out it's, loud. Everyone does For that. For sure. Yeah. But I also think there's a balance, you know, because if you're asking those questions and you could think of every possible thing that someone could take from this, maybe in the wrong way, if you post your picture of you on a vacation or whatever it may be, it's a hard balance because you can't also own every single emotion that someone could get from something you post. Yes. And so again, it's not a plain black and white answer, but I do feel like, because you can't own all those emotions for other people, but I do feel like if you're convicted about maybe something you're posting for a certain reason, I think you know we're all convicted about different things and you need to for sure be listening to that and take that into account and maybe think twice about posting that or not. Yeah, like figure out your boundaries with it because you're right. When I first, I kind of told you some of the rules that I would use sometimes. And when you really read through the three little rules I had before posting, you would end up never posting because a lot of mine was trying to focus on are other girls seeing this and feeling less than because of it or they don't know they're seeing my highlight reel. And so does that make someone else feel down? And you're right. At the end of the day, you can't own that. But it is good to be aware of it because if you're really going out on the extreme and posting something that's just like, why are you posting that? What purpose is that adding to someone as they're scrolling through? What entertainment or what enjoyment is that giving anyone? If there is nothing like that, then you should probably be reevaluating it in a sense. But like you said, just kind of knowing your own boundaries and your convictions and walking into it from that point of view is really good. Well, and we have even talked like we both had an anniversary pretty recently and on our anniversary or on my anniversary, I posted a picture of my husband and I simply because it was a fun time to spend with my husband at dinner. Something I didn't think twice about it. I posted a picture about how great he is and how fun it's been to be married to him for five years. And a few weeks later, I'm thinking a friend had mentioned to me, like, you look so perfect. Like you guys go on these date nights. And I was like, oh no, no. Like I don't want to put off the 
idea that we're in this like perfect relationship, but I was kind of saddened that my friend took it that way. And so it was something that I was like, okay, maybe I'm going to think twice about it in the future. Maybe again, not that I need to totally own that from her because you could take it even to the extreme. I have a lot of single friends who would love to be married right now and that's just not where they're at. And so is it inappropriate for me to post about my husband since I have some single friends? Well, no, I don't think that's the answer. But I do think if I was convicted in that way, or if maybe, you know, my single friend and I had a really unique conversation, and she had mentioned something like that was hard, then yeah, maybe I would think twice about that. Because I also want to champion my friend and I want to encourage her. And I don't want that to be something that's hard for her as well. That's but again, I don't point. think it's like an exact right or wrong answer. No. And actually, that brings up another really good point that I think is valuable in this. I think if we are going to be using social media, we have to take ownership of being the gatekeepers of our own mind. I like to Mm -hmm. use that a lot because you kind of do hear this, oh, well, you don't want to make other people feel down and their life is less than because of the things you post about yours. But at the end of the day, maybe this is controversial, but like, people. We are in control of our own minds and have a power in a sense to battle that feeling of knowing, okay, we're all very aware that everyone is posting the highlights of their life. Like we all do that. Yeah. You might throw in a vulnerable post here and there, but I think that's something we all need to get better at practicing in life in general is just to not take things so personally and to be able to celebrate other friends and joys in their life. That's actually something that lately I've been thinking a lot about. It's kind of hard for us to do that sometimes. Like we immediately go to, oh, well, I wish I had a fun anniversary date night. And instead, why can't I be excited for my friend Christian that she got to do that with her husband? So maybe if we switched our perspective in that sense too, it would be easier to consume some of that stuff and just say, great for them. That looks awesome. That's fun. Instead of taking it on ourselves and internalizing it. Yeah, for sure. No, I think that's so good. Another red flag that we kind of talked about too was obviously as Christians, you know, our number one priority should be building a relationship with God and spending time with him. You know, he asks us into this intimate relationship with him and how are we cultivating that with him and how are we carving out time in our day? So as a Christian, if you find yourself not being able to have a quiet time or sit down and read your Bible, or maybe even just like I said, I go to social media a lot when I'm bored and waiting in a line or waiting in a waiting room or whatever that may be, if I'm choosing that time and time again, instead of maybe praying for my day or praying for my friend or just even meditating on a verse or something like that, then that should be a red flag to me because I'm obviously my mind is not thinking pure mindful things about God and his kingdom and me being a part of that. If you desire more time on social media than you do time with God, like that would probably be a major red flag. And I've been there in seasons where I'm so addicted to Instagram or whatever social media that that sounds more fun to me than meeting with God. Yeah. So Samantha, you and I have talked about this some, but as Christians, what do you think social media time then looks like? Like how do we use this as a platform if we're saying, hey, like God's chosen us to be living in this time, what does it look like to be a Christian and share faith or maybe not share faith? Because that's kind of something we've also talked about. I don't know. I think it may be individual for people what they choose to share. I think there's definitely been seasons of my life or times of my life that I've been walking through our infertility or our 
miscarriages and I have used social media almost like a healing space for me. I've shared a lot of information and that's always been really great and I've welcomed in so much love and support and it was almost like this processing thing for me. There's been other times where we've walked through a similar loss and I've kept it more with my inner circle and I've come to the conclusion for a while I was kind of trying to balance when do I share this? I'm not feeling ready to, but I think people could learn a lot from this. And I kind of had to realize that it's okay sometimes when you're in the middle of processing something hard, you don't need to feel like you need to push it out to the world. If your people in your life are being led into that and you're being vulnerable there, I think it's okay when you're still processing it to not push it out. I also think I've seen people post, I'm still processing this. Here's where my thoughts are. I'm all over the place. And you can learn from that too. But I think you have to kind of like you said earlier really use discernment and wait till you feel comfortable or like for me this last time that I shared about two losses that we've had since our first that was very very public in a sense I talked about it a lot I hadn't shared those two losses but everyone in my life in my like actual life knew and were the ones like at my door the days that they happened and so I wasn't quite feeling like I was ready to share those. And then one day after kind of processing with someone and it had gotten brought up in a very casual way, the rest of that day, I kind of started feeling this sense of like, you know, I'm ready to share this. We're about to walk into a new chapter in our journey to add to our family. And so I kind of felt like prepared and ready. And it's because I was really in a good place with those emotions. And it just felt like a good time to share. And of course, like you end up getting so many messages from people that are so thankful that you shared because they're walking through a similar thing. And so I do think you kind of have to be insightful with the Holy Spirit and know like when a good time to share that would be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Samantha and I have personally looked at a lot of different types of accounts, accounts of really strong believing Christians who we really think are very sound in their theology, really strong in the biblical truth they share. And some of these people use their social media platforms strictly to share Bible verses. That's literally all they do with it. And I think that's awesome. And we think that's really cool because that's what she is feeling and that's what she wants to share and what's on her heart. But then we also follow some people who, yes, they do share biblical truth in the context of what they're sharing, but they're also posting about their families and their husbands and their vacations and their homes and, and their, their decor and yeah. yes, like all these different things. And so I think people are on either side of that, that one way is right and one way is wrong. What Samantha and I are really here to do is say, like, we don't think either way is wrong. We think really, again, it takes a lot of balance. It takes a lot of wisdom. But we do think that you need to be looking out at these red flags to say, okay, am I posting things for my personal enjoyment and for my admiration and for people to think I'm great and I'm cool? Or am I posting things that are really exciting and fun and sweet in my life that ultimately you hope someone looks at your page and can say, oh, I can see their lifestyle looks different, that something about them, they look different. And I want to know more about that. And ultimately, you can use that as a gospel message. So I don't think there's one right or wrong. And I think as Christians, sometimes we want this really like black and white, here's what to do, here's what not to do. And I think, again, social media falls in that gray area. If there's not a right and wrong answer, that just even like Samantha was sharing her story, I think every single situation is going to look different on how we share it and maybe how God uses that story or uses that post or connection or virtual relationship, whatever that may be, to then bring ultimately people to his kingdom. Yeah. I think we're never going to do this perfectly, but I think 
with anything in our Christian life, when you are seeking God and your heart is genuinely wanting to be obedient in different areas of your life, I do think it doesn't have to be as complicated as sometimes we, our human nature tries to make it out to be because I do think there are those little nudges and you just feel peace about the things you share and how you use it. And so when we always go back to like, are you walking in relationship with God and like striving to be obedient? I think that in a lot of ways, God honors that obedience and you are able to find that quote unquote balance. Mm -hmm. But we do have some practical strategies. So yeah, if you've listened to all of us and you're like, okay, this is good. I do maybe feel myself getting pulled to finding myself in social media, wanting to consume that more than other things, wanting to connect online more than in person. If you're feeling all of those things, a few things that both Samantha and I have implemented that we sought wisdom from other people that maybe they have implemented. We just wanted to go through a few of those. So the first one would be timers. Yeah. (laughs) Samantha probably acted like I was a grandma when she told me about this. I genuinely thought everyone knew this existed. Yeah, I didn't know that. (laughs) I didn't know if you guys know this, but like on any app on your phone, you can set a timer through the settings. So literally just Google it, but like you could go on through your settings, go to Instagram, set a timer for the day. And so it'll ask like, how long do you want the timer to be? And you can literally pick multiple hours if that's really where you're at. Or you can say an hour or 30 minutes or whatever that may be. And then it literally just shuts you off. The nice thing about it when I, this is my excuse guys, just being vulnerable. When Samantha told me this, I was like, I don't want to do that because I have a business account too. And like, what if last minute I need to post something on my business account? She's like, Christian, it literally gives you like, Hey, you only have this much time left. Do you want to extend? And so I said, yes. So it is pretty easy. And honestly, there's really no excuse for it. But it's one good way that at least even if the only thing it helps with is giving you a reminder of like, oh, crap, I've been on this a lot today, then I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, even if you're like me and sometimes click 15 more minutes, 17 times, at least you're realizing that you're clicking it 17 times. So that's a really good one. I think kind of we already talked about this, but really sit down and ask yourself those hard questions. Try to identify when you feel like your pitfall of using social media is most, what emotion you're usually feeling when you get on it. I know a lot of my friends really, really struggle with the comparison on Instagram. And not to say I don't too, in a sense, but I know some people more than others, that's just like a major, it can send them into just this comparison tailspin, or maybe it makes some people feel anxious. So you kind of need to identify like, how am I feeling when I get on it? And what is my emotion like in my personal life when I'm stepping into it? And is there a correlation? Do I need to like process some things before I'm getting on? And maybe just like certain times of the day that you find yourself more vulnerable. Like night for me, I feel like I can just tend to be more like thinking through things more and more like in my feelings. And then if you get on social media, sometimes that can like unravel to a healthy place. So I don't know, just ideas. Well, and to that, I would even add to recognize and maybe take note of what your feelings are when you get off of it. Mm -hmm. Are you more anxious? Are you more stressed? Are you feeling more inadequate? Are you feeling bummed out? Are you feeling left out? All the things. So I feel like even if you can just take a mental note of how am I feeling when I consistently get off of here, if it's not good, then it's not good. (laughs) And I think that's something that we all need to be mindful of and just honest about. 
So another thing that I have personally done, and all of this, honestly, we wanted to talk about this because it all has happened pretty recently, was one of the things I did was turn off notifications on all of my apps. And I actually, it's like one of those kind of like sweet things that I, I get on my phone and I am an Enneagram three. We've talked about it before. So I'm an achiever to the core. So when I see something incomplete, I want to achieve and I want to complete it. So as simple and as crazy as it sounds, when I see notifications that are up, I want to go to the app even just to like get them off. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, my screen time is increasing. My connections are increasing because I just can't stay off because it literally drives me up a wall. And so turning off the notifications has like changed my world because I will, if I even do post something, I'm not constantly seeing all day that people are liking it or commenting on it. Like I get to choose when I enter into that and I can make sure I'm at a healthy space to do that. And I can make sure I'm physically in a good space to do that. And then I can like leave it. And I'm not distracted by it. And so turning off the notifications for me has been huge because I can say, yes, I want to be distracted by this right now or no. And I want to be a present friend. I want to be a present mom. I want to be a present wife. So all of those things help me to do that when I turn notifications off. It's pretty simple. Yeah, I've had mine off for so long. And then this week I actually got a new phone and I was like, why am I seeing all of this like stuff from my Instagram and Facebook and email. And then I realized that I had to go back and turn them all off. And I didn't even remember how many it is, but I was, that was like the first five minutes of my new phone where I was like, oh my gosh, people live like this where you get constant notifications. That Mm -hmm. would drive me nuts. Well, talk about being stressed and feeling overwhelmed. I mean, I feel like right there, if, if you're someone who gets easily overwhelmed or overstimulated or like flustered, Right there. I feel like is answer number one, like turn off the notifications. It will help you immensely. It will change your life. But for real. So another one that Christian kind of pointed out, I think thought this was really cool, is ask people in your life if they think that you're using your phone too much. And I thought this was good because I really think for me, it would need to be like my husband because I'm pretty good if I'm with friends. I'm not going to just be like sitting on my phone. If I'm with family, I'm usually pretty good about it. But my husband, it's like we're together the most of our time. So he knows when I'm just using it to relax. And I'm, of course, like at night, if we're both, if I'm on Pinterest and he's like finishing up work emails, there's always things. But I thought that was cool. Like if you asked people around you, hey, do you feel like I'm on my phone a lot? Because I have certain people in my life, if they asked me that and gave me permission, to be honest, I would be like, yes. Yes. And yeah. it drives me nuts. Well, and I think it's a good question. I think part of that question also is like, because I would probably also go to my husband because obviously he knows me for sure the best out of anyone here on earth. But I do think it's also something that you could ask a roommate or ask your sister or ask just a really good friend of yours really asking them like, does what I put out, does that really portray who I am? That's good. Because I do think, obviously, again, we all know that it's a highlight reel. It's kind of the point of it. You know, like we all know that. But at the end of the day, as Christians, we want to be truth filled people. We want to be people who, again, bring like pure, good things to this world. And so is what we're putting out there something that is that is like something that's helpful, something that's good, something that's, you know, fun or encouraging people. And is that really emulating something in someone we want to be and whose God has ultimately made us to be? So I like that a lot. Christian and I have 
kind of read some books. We both watched The Social Dilemma, which is a documentary on Netflix, which really sparked some interesting conversation between us. It'll make you either want to like get off completely or just reevaluate a lot of things. So that's on Netflix. The book 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You. We'll link some other resources if you want to read more and like really dive into this in our show notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we did want to point to just a few pieces of biblical truth. If you want to read more about this as well, places you can go to read in the Bible about a few of these things. I know I many times in this conversation have mentioned things about posting things that are true, that are life-giving, that are encouraging. And one of the places that we came just for wisdom here is Galatians 5.22. And this is where the fruit of the Spirit is listed. Fruit of the Spirit, meaning that if we are in line and if we're walking with Christ, you know, becoming in the works of becoming more like Him, ultimately in the Christian life, that our life is going to bear these fruit, just as like a tree would bear fruit. So be the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So again, just as Christians, if we want to be people who are bearing this fruit, then we are going to be people who are ultimately looking for our lives to reflect these good things that God desires for us. Yes. And I love this verse, Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. I go back to this verse a lot when I'm just making decisions in my life and evaluating how I'm spending my time, who I'm spending it with in a sense. And I like to just filter my decisions through this verse because, you know, we do want to do what is worthy of praise and excellent and pure. And a lot of things on social media aren't that. So I think it's good to kind of remind ourselves of truth because I think we can kind of separate our relationship with God with worldly things like social media, and that's not how God calls us to live. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in this conversation a lot, like Samantha said, we'll put a few things, resources in the show notes for you to listen to or read if you're wanting to know more. But also in this conversation, we've said a few times words like a quiet time or spending time with God or reading or meditating, whatever those words, when you heard those, if you had more questions about those, we would love to give you resources about what we mean by a quiet time. We don't want to have this Christianese in here, but we want you to grow ultimately in your relationship with Christ. And so we're also going to link a few resources there that you can learn more about what that may look like for you. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Bye.